0: Just go to indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, yeah. With a message for baby. We did new know.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now this the black sheep sticking it I need a crib like I'm in hand just understand my pockets that deep. With nothing to prove I ain't got nothing to do it can't compete and I got nothing to lose. See,
2: What do you think about the dive into the pool? cause Josh gave me shit for it last week. I love it. I want
3: to get a GoPro film you underwater. I think i I told you I wanted to meme it up with the start of the longest yard, the opening scene of my favorite movie. You got the girl jumping into the pool and, doing the little, uh, I think I want a GoPro shot of you doing that. Wow. That'll tie the intro together.
2: That, and also that will be a hell of a
3: visual. It would, but like maybe, maybe that and you have like your ticket, you know, your winning subathon ticket like on your chest or something.
2: Bro, I would have to get cash first and then they give you a duplicate. You know, that's something that they could do right at the sports books. I did not. So if you ever hit like a really big bet and you want to have it as a souvenir souvenir you know frame it Mm -hmm. you go you cash your ticket and then you can ask them for a duplicate and it literally has like a uh like a a notarized stamp on it so Mm. that you can't go and cash it again i can't be like yo george you should go take this and go cash it. it's not gonna work like that but yeah that's a that's a dope idea dude uh the next subathon i hit i think i'm gonna make a shirt out of it i'm gonna just get a i'm gonna make a shirt Uh gonna have the the parlay ticket
3: got you and then on the back all the different types of submissions that won the bet that won the bet yeah Yeah, there we go like with like a like a how to do the like a darts now we're getting nikki darts now we're getting now we're getting advanced there i like it i I thought you were about to say you know the next subathon i got to jump out of a plane or something you know to to you know one up the pool no, You ever
2: jumping out of a plane? No, no, absolutely not. No hmm. chance to no. You would jump out of a plane?
3: Like, if it was, like, life on the line, and you'll say the same thing. Life on the line, we're doing it, but, yeah, like, I dude, don't
2: want to. Life on the line, I'm doing a lot of shit that I probably wouldn't do just to to do. Like, I'm not turning 30,
3: and, like, that's the missing piece of my life. You yeah, know just, what I mean? It's not, it's not anywhere in, I don't even think, like, up until i'm 60 like if it hasn't happened by then
2: like good amazing yeah it's just not on my list of things i would like to do is jump out of a plane definitely not
3: yeah it's terrifying and then the first time you got to do it anyways with a dude on your back like that wouldn't make the video cool you know what i mean like you jumping out and there's like a fat dude on your back
2: yeah it's like i got you brother You got to raw dog it, bro. You got to jump out there and just like.
3: (laughs) Wingsuit. Yeah. Wingsuit
2: into a net, a big net. Get absolutely funky with it. (laughs) Dude, week two. Uh, Kenny's not joining us. He'll be on later this week because Mm -hmm. he has some issues with the internet. Shout out to my guy, Kenny. I do want to recap that we're sitting at two and two right now, George, for week two in Circa. Oh, so you still have one pending tonight. Yeah, we, we got the Steelers plus two and a half. For those of you watching the live stream right now on YouTube, shout outs to all of you. Give us a like. Uh, go and subscribe Definitely to tonight. the video. Also, uh, to the channel, I should say. Definitely give us a like. Chat it up. I got the chat here open. So if you guys want to say something, chime in. But we went two and two. I had Bills minus eight and a half. And bro, I did it again. I did. It. I didn't post it, though. I didn't post it.
3: The fact that you didn't post it, though, like, Nick, what the fuck are you doing? You're not capitalizing on the moment right now. You are a clairvoyant, my friend. And you know what the worst thing, though? The worst thing about just not posting it and getting your clout is what if you have to play an exact score the remainder of the year? Like, in one of these games that you're like, oh, this is, I think the score is going to be 38 to 10. Because what are the odds on that? 200 to 1? 500 500 to one they'd be pretty big bro they would definitely you're talking to thousands to one
2: yeah yeah i I would probably put it in the three digits like 100 to one 125 to one i would definitely put it at yeah 150
3: yeah because there's some things that are like there's football scores like 38 to 10 Yeah, it it, it might not be like 40 to zero would have been
2: oh dude that would have been fucking outrageous Ten thousand to one that would have been crazy yeah, it was. So just, you did it. So I had a uh, my high school football coach, shout out Coach Brosnan. He texts me on Saturday or Friday, Friday or Saturday. It was definitely before the game, and he's a big Giants fan. So he asked me, "Dude, uh, Giants are winning on Sunday." I was like, "They should." He's like, "What are you betting?" And I was like, "The bet is Buffalo minus eight and a half," and then I'd said thirty-eight to ten, <laughs> and then when. The Bills scored that touchdown to make it thirty-eight to ten. I text him. I go, Coach, it has legs. <laughs> it has legs. And dude, it was wild because I—I've said this in the past too. Like, I often get asked, "How much do I bet? Like, what's like my unit size or bet size?"
3: Yeah, how big's dude, your unit, bro?
2: I'm a 50 I'm a twenty-five, fifty dollar better. If I really like a game, if I really like it, I'll go to a hundred or a prop. Got you. But besides that, I've never claimed to be a professional better. I don't. I do make money off sports betting, but it's not. It's like to go buy sneakers. A hundred percent. my, my yeah. goal is, You're I like, want to buy a pair of sneakers every month from sports betting. So that's what I try to do. So I do it for fun. Now the insight and the way I approach it is from a professional standpoint, in the sense of I don't parlay as much. Oh, the subathon is kind of picking up its own steam, but correct. I. I express this to everybody like, dude, you need to straight bet these. You need to straight bet these because if you just hit one of them and it's a five to one prop, it's a six to one prop. Then you're chilling. You don't need to worry about the rest of it. Mm -hmm. And then there's some parlays that are six to one and you need five different things to happen. Do you know how many people, bro, parlay big money line favorites in the NFL?
3: You're talking to one of them.
2: And every week you get burned by it. It is not an optimal approach. Even if you do two, like, dude. How about
3: seven out of the eight overs hitting uh, Sunday morning? Crazy. Well, and then the one game you think is going to go over goes under.
2: Yeah, that's usually how it goes too, right? When you have two good defenses, you're like, oh, this game's going to go under. And then it goes over. And then when you have two great offenses, you're saying to yourself, oh, there's going to be fireworks. And then it goes under. It's the same thing in, the, in MMA when you have two wrestlers. Mm-hmm. It becomes a kickboxing boxing match. Correct. When you have two strikers, all of a sudden they're jujitsu jitsu guys. You're like, what the hell is happening? You're going against <laughs> everything that we know. You have two elite grapplers, submission artists. They're going to keep it on the, on the feet. So it's weird. Like Charles Oliveira and uh, Dariush a couple months ago, mm-hmm. these guys are amazing on the ground. They're high-level black belts in MMA. And it was a striking effect. And lugged it out, dude. Yeah, so yeah. That, that happens. And and to to compare it to the NFL, you have these teams where you're like, dude, Chargers and Chiefs. Oh, this is going to be 35-38. And then it's 21-17. You're like, what the hell? People get burned. But it happens often. And dude, in week one, mm. the unders, 11-4-1, the unders. Wow. Week two, 12-1. To the over. And it happens because they're become, they're, uh, there's an over-adjustment, over like a market correction in the sense of, well, we set these lines too high. Now we got to yeah. bring them down a couple points, and then they go over. That happens all the time. And if you're looking at it through the first two weeks in the NFL, home teams against the spread, 10, 19, and 1. Underdogs, 17, 11, and 1. It's hungry dogs this year, man. It's just so hard. The first two weeks are really hard for you to handicap. Ice, you have to really, yeah. you have to really be obsessed with your, your takes from the preseason. I, I stress this enough. It's probably gonna be another week or so before we kind of eliminate all the preseason biases, because then you have a sample size of three, four games. you are like, all right, man. It seems like. Seems like the Chargers are not going to be able to stop anyone on the ground, <laughs> Legitimately, right? It yes. just seems like that's yes. going to be an issue. It seems like when Chris Jones is in the lineup, the Chiefs are a top five defense, apparently, especially what they did to the Jaguars. But those metrics often get thrown away, and you start looking at the first four, three, four weeks of the season, and you have all your analytics and DVOA charts and the whole nine. And, dude, the underdogs, like, People like betting the underdog, but they don't like betting them on the number. People like, sure, ah, I'm going to bet them plus 190. Why am I going to lay minus one? Th-? Like, no one likes that. And I was having a conversation with someone last night. We were watching the Dolphins and the Pats game. And, you know, everyone says this. Like, ah, oh, bro, I could pick winners. I was like, sure, you probably could. But are you willing to risk minus 450 on the Niners against the Rams? Nah, I don't want to do that. Okay, so seven and a half. Mm-hmm. Are they going to win by more than seven and a half? And boy, are people pissed off at Sean McVeigh?
3: People can be pissed off. I love Sean McVeigh. Talk about a guy that is just, he understands the way football works. Okay. You, every good coach kicks the field goal there. What he did was right. All right. Just because you think it's fucking scripted. All right. And that it favored your boy over here. Okay. When I saw that field goal unit come out, dude, I was so hyped. I was like, let's go. Because the Rams fucked me last week in Circus Survivor, so I took them
2: this week. I was like, "We're friends now, okay?" But that's also a good spot to take them in division. They're at home. They're catching more than a touchdown. Yeah, that's one of those where, but I, it's still tough,
3: bro. There's nobody on that Rams team now. People are a little bit more in in believer land over yeah. uh, Puka Nakua, but dude, most catches
2: ever for a player in his first two games.
3: I'm buying Puka shells. Like legitimately, I'm, I'm going to go buy puka shells because of that man.
2: Man, he is a— Lighten he, it up. So he opened the season at 40-1 to 1 for offensive rookie of the year. Now he's the second favorite at plus 800. Is Zay Flowers one? Zay Flowers is not one. Let me pull it up right now. Who would be—oh, well, you have
3: Anthony Richardson, but I guess he self-diagnosed himself an, into having a concussion.
2: I wanted to get to that. And I know we're bouncing around everywhere. Yeah, but we're it. bouncing around. But it was a wild week. It was. week two was wild. It was. I definitely want to ask you, though, about I want to I want to paint the picture for the Rams and 49ers game and why it's getting a lot of attention and why this is such a big issue and people are complaining about it. By the way, uh it's Bijan Robinson plus 175 right now. Anthony Richardson second plus two twenty five. Then it's Puka Nakua, Rams wide receiver at At plus 800. So that's your top three. I kind of want to take it. I kinda want to take it. Well, dude, if you think about it. Even at 8 to 1, that's amazing. So here's the thing. The reason why I don't want to take it is because I feel like if Cooper Cup comes, if Cooper Cup got shut down for the year, I'd be like, oh, bro, this is a, we're putting the September Patreon money on this one. We're putting a couple Benjis on this one. But I think if Cooper Cup comes back, it's going to kind of take away from him. Or probably help him.
3: I think it's a help him situation, bro. Sean McVay's creative. He's crafty. Yeah. You know what I mean? If Van Jefferson wasn't it. I really think he's just, isn't it crazy how receivers can get cut from the NFL if you don't catch passes across the middle? He does not drop an in route. Those ones that I've seen all throughout the first two weeks where a couple of receivers hear the footsteps, Puka Nakua is about that action. All right. He's going to get lit up and he's he's completely fine with it. That's a that's the separating factor if, if you're going to get paid that uh, crazy receiver money. or But um, go ahead. What were you
2: going so with there? Here's So here's what happened in the Rams and the 49ers game. Yes. Okay. So the line closes minus 7.5, meaning the Niners have to win by more than 7.5 points in order for you to win your bet if you were on the Niners. I didn't bet this game. However, I would have picked the Rams. Obviously, it's easier to say now, but Correct. it's also one of my spots that I've told many times before. If I have two division, if I have a division matchup and the home team is an underdog of more than seven points, I kind of always take them. Yeah. Kind of just always take them. Last year, I took the the Chiefs played in Denver and Denver was a 10-point underdog at home. I was like, I'm going to take that. Mm-hmm. Even though Denver sucks. Hold and we're going to get to Denver in a little bit. But it's one of those situational spots I talk about all the time where, yeah. like, you know, I loved Buffalo last week because we saw them on Monday Night Football. Josh Allen looked terrible, and is Josh Allen overrated? Is he not the guy we thought he was? I was on here saying, oh, Brian Dable, which maybe, still, you know, maybe. But the Rams needed 10 points in a minute 34 in order to tie the game. Correct. Now... Sean McVay brings out the kicking team, and he attempts a 38-yard field goal. And there was four seconds left on the clock. It's the right move. It's the right move only if there was like north of 30 seconds where there's enough time for you to run an onside kick, maybe get the ball, and then try to score a touchdown. I think it's a little sketchy, bro.
3: Let me just tell you, okay? Situations are situational. Okay. All right. And you got to get in the habit of this is what we're gonna do. If we're allotted a little more extra time, but it's still early in the season. But you still have a standard protocol. All right. You see a Sean McVay that studied, and he knew what he wanted to do. There was no hesitation. Like how in uh, we'll we'll touch on the Falcons game, but there was lots of hesitation towards the end of that game on whether or not to go for it. No, no, no. Sean McVay knew in his head what was going to happen, and I can only imagine every 49ers fan that was confident in taking their boys minus seven and a half. They probably, like, did a lot of bad things last night. They probably finished that handle and then just went on a rampage. That's what I would have done, you know, if I was a diehard Niners fan. Like, Oakland had the possibility of catching fire last night.
2: The Bay Area? Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's sketchy, bro. I think it's really sketchy, man, because it's it's an all-time bad beat if you were on the Niners. 71% of the bets were coming in on the Niners to cover. 57% of the money was on the Niners also. Just weird, dude. Just weird because I feel like the Rams didn't have an opportunity to actually go and win that game. If they do it with a minute left, no problem. Correct. But to do it with four seconds left, it's just weird, bro. It's just weird. I'm not accusing anybody, but I'm also not saying it's not weird. I
3: mean, all right. Do you think – or right, if anybody's to benefit for it there, it's Sean McVay. He has final decision. Do you think – okay, could we on, be on the precipice of Sean McVay in two months? There's a report that came out that it's linked to him placing a big bet
2: on the Rams – Nah, I don't think, you know, so this Plus was seven and a half. Uh, I'm glad that you're asking this, though, because this has been a big talking point in the past as far as what what happens if sports betting gets legalized. The integrity mm-hmm. of the game. That was a big talking point, the integrity of the game. A lot of people don't realize that every betting scandal ever, do you know who discovered it? The sports books. Yeah. They're like, dude, there's a weird thing happening. Every time Arizona State is playing in the early 1990s when there was no TV showing the games or people literally would go to the sportsbook and just watch the ticker go across and be like, oh, shit, there's 3.30 left in the second half and like we have plus seven and a half. That's what was happening. And then the sportsbooks were like, yo, bro, every time Arizona State is playing, we just have a shitload of people coming in here and they're betting the underdog. Why is that? All right, let's keep tracking this. Cause it's random. It's not Duke. Correct. It's not UNC. It's not Michigan, you know, the Fab Five. Arizona State. It's Arizona State. They're not even on TV, bro. Let's watch the ticker. And then the sports books are like, yo, we need to monitor this. Oh, why is this guy this guy all of a sudden he can't hit a free throw in the second half? It's always a sports book that discovers this. Correct. It was a sports book, it was the sports books and the bookies that discovered Tim Donahue. Mm-hmm. They don't want to give anybody any freebies, bro. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I'm saying this is because how much money can I possibly give Sean McVay to be like, hey, bro, you know what? Cover this game. Here's, here's $50,000. He's gonna be like, bro, get out of my face. I make $8 million a year. Here's I live in
3: day. one of the biggest mansions in Los Angeles.
2: His house is ridiculous. I'm a Super Bowl champion. My wife is a gray girl. I'm and chilling. I don't, have, I don't need 50K from
3: you. And I'm a winning coach, and I like to put up points, okay? And that's what he did. He put up points. Why is everyone so upset? He put up points. Take the Rams. They're a lot better than people thought, man. <sighs> Way better than people thought.
2: No, that's for, that's for sure. That's for sure. They're definitely a lot better. I would even say, from what I've seen so far, I would put them ahead of the Seahawks in that division. Oh, fuck I the think Seahawks. the Niners have clearly separated themselves. Correct. And... Again, like, I, I even said it last week when we were on the show together. I feel like I've seen enough from San Francisco. Just put them in the NFC title game. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, they use Debo Samuels, like, to perfection. Because they're also they're also this past week. destroying teams. Mm-hmm. Like, don't look at the final score. Like, the game was never... Close. Yeah. Maybe in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. First quarter and a half. But then yeah. after that, it was like, all right, the cream rises to the top. Yep, yep. And that's what that's what we saw yesterday. And we saw that in a lot of games, too. And I, I do want to dive into the slate, but I want to mention that circa we had Bills minus eight and a half, Seahawks, Ursula. Ursula came through, that beautiful she girl. She did. She came did. through. Plus five, we got it in the contest, gave it out at plus six on the show last week. I do have a Monday winner for everyone later on. And then we took the Jets plus nine and a half, and the Patriots plus two and a half. And to close out the week, we have the Steelers plus two and a half in the circa millions. I have a a complaint, George. Go ahead, man. I'm here for you. So, and I guess we could start with the Jets and Cowboys game as Mm -hmm. we start running through all these games and, and just give our opinions on them. I told Kenny this yesterday, and I've said this in the past too. I know in sports betting you're supposed to bet the numbers, not the teams. I'm not betting on teams that have shitty offenses when they're playing a really good defense ever again. I don't care how many points I'm getting. Because the moment the Jets went down two scores, you knew it was over. It was a wrap. But Zach Wilson is going to throw from behind? He -mm. can't throw ahead. You want him to throw from behind? No. He had three interceptions yesterday. All in the fourth. He, you can't. Have him be the quarterback for the Jets. It, you are doing a disservice to the franchise, to the players, more importantly than anyone. Forget the fans. Just the guys that are going out there like, bro, I'm really going to go out there and make all these fourth down stops if I'm the defense. and I'm going to lock up every wide receiver if I'm Sauce Gardner to just go and be back on the field in 45 seconds when we go three and out or, or we're going to have to start every drive yes. inside the red zone because this guy is just throwing interceptions. When they fell down 10 points, I was like, bro, it's a wrap. Oh, it's going to backdoor. It's not going to backdoor, bro. This guy's horrible. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's not. And then the same thing happened with Mac Jones and the Pats. They went down and, yeah, the week before there was a two point. But, but still, it's like, I don't trust these offenses. I, I
3: think you just don't trust Zach Wilson. It, but I know you're, you're generalizing offense with a really good defense. I get, I get what you're saying. However. Can you give Zach Wilson one more week? Because here's here's my point, okay? All Cowboys fans feel this way. If only Super Bowls were played in October, we would have 20 of them, mm. all right? That's the way that Cowboy fans feel. They're like, oh, it's the same old dominating team in the regular season. They're a really good team. I think Zach Wilson was, you know, the, that's a disservice. He he was going up against Buzzsaw. However you got to also put yourself into perspective. Zach Wilson didn't think he was going to play up until a week ago. Give him a little time to, to process and digest the fact that he now has to carry this franchise. He's got the weight of New York on his back. In that defense, I, I tell me that you feel like the Jets defense is a little bit worse than you thought. Like it, it isn't as dominating as I thought they were going to come out and, and be. Like I didn't see, I mean, other than the fact that they were constantly on the field yesterday. But Sauce Gardner had a chance to make a big time interception. Yeah. He dropped a pick six that would have shifted the momentum of that game. And that's what you needed to cover that bet. You you definitely knew okay, Zach Wilson could probably give me 10. I need a little special teams love or a, a big time defensive field position change. Sauce, those are the those are the differences. Those are like the small plays that you know can give you or a, a backdoor cover there.
2: But gives give Zach one more week. I don't think I should. <laughs> I don't think I should give him one more week. Do you what think has you- he what has he done in order to validate the idea of giving him another week? First off, okay, the offensive line that he's
3: presented with got the greatest quarterback, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, injured before we can even, you know, get anything going. The second thing, there's a there's weapons, okay? And I think Dalvin Cook is, you know, needs to, to get back on his horse. It's definitely not like, okay, Zach Wilson's going to go out there and win us games, but can he be just average enough to make us you know, put us in, in position. I mean, we kind of, if Zach Wilson goes out and he performs similar to like how he did last year and they win six to seven games, but it's competitive. That's a win for the Jets as opposed to in your eyes, like, do you think the Jets will win more than four games?
2: It's crazy, the, the swing. Yeah, well, that's what happens when Rodgers goes down and then this guy comes in. But do you think he's capable of four? He would have to win just three more games the rest of the way. He He would have to go three and 12 in order to get over four. I just think, yeah, it's definitely possible. But this guy, and the internet went down in here. I was trying to pull up his record, but he's like below 500 by a lot of games. Zach? Zachy Poo? And it's just, there's just nothing that he's shown in order to.
3: Let that be the case. And then he also has uh, Mr. Nathaniel Hackett. We saw how good he did last year. And I know some coaches are better as OCs. We'll see how good he is, you know? We'll see how creative he can get with
2: Zach. Well, maybe he just can't have quarterbacks named Wilson as his uh, signal caller because that's what it seems like. True. Russ last year, now Zach this year. He's tired. I mean, he won the two MVPs. He helped win two MVPs with with Rodgers. True. So, it's weird, man. But, like, this whole conversation started with the Jets where they're catching nine and a half points, and I just don't, if I know for a fact, like, yo, Justin Herbert, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time when they're catching points. Mm. He is an autoplay. If I see a plus number next to the Chargers, oh, yeah, I'm taking that. They, it's hungry. Last, hungry. Year, last year, the dude almost ruptured his entire body. To cover that plus four and a half on that Thursday night football game against the Chiefs, like, he is an animal when it comes, because you know that he could play from behind. You know Burrow could play from behind. You know Mahomes could play from behind. Granted, I just named three of the top, what, seven, eight quarterbacks. Okay, but I
3: give you uh, Derek Carr. He could play from behind. Sure. Here's in the average category. Geno Smith, he could play from behind.
2: Yeah, but he has, he has, they've shown it. Zach Wilson has it. And I'm just tired of losing bets because I'm backing shitty offenses that the moment they go down two scores, I'm like, yo, it's a wrap. They're not, they're not going to cover this game. We've talked too much about the Jets. We need to talk about what I think, George, is. I think Micah Parsons, bro. I said it last year, and then it ended up not happening because he got hurt at the end, and then, like, Nick Bosa came around. Bro, if he doesn't win Defensive Player of the Year... It'll be a travesty. He should have won it last year, but... I get you. This T- guy, not only did I bet on him, right, he was the favorite, so I'm not really going out on a limb. I am holding a ticket for him to be Defensive Player of the Year. He was my pick. But is there a better defensive player right now in the league across the board?
3: TJ Watt is his closest counterpart,
2: but as far but I as... like, I like Parsons. Uh, TJ Watt is always the guy that people mention, but I like Parsons because Parsons seems to be more versatile. Drops back into coverage a little bit. I've seen him. Not as much as I would like to see the Cowboys get creative in
3: doing. Right. Um, but why would you do that when he makes people miss that are twice his size, bro? That's the most impressive thing, it, it, his leverage. Um, you saw Miles. Like, you see all these DNs do it at a six four frame. And then you see him do it at like a 5'10 frame. And I just think you're going to start seeing like more of this. Like, bro, Micah Parsons is not 5'10". 5'11". Really? He's tiny, bro. I got to look that up. Micah Parsons. I don't have internet. Um, I can't believe that he's that small. Micah Parsons is it, it's very small. I saw him like in, at uh, Las Vegas clubs. I don't know which club it was. Uh, you
2: sure it was Micah Parsons, bro?
3: I'm positive. I feel Just like you Just look wrong. at the way he, he looks next to these tackles. He's way lower. His leverage is ridiculous. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go on a limb here and yeah. say five S- eleven. That's what it says.
2: No, I'm just. Oh. Yeah, I can't. Of my two forty five. I uh, gotta have my notes up because. Uh, oh, there's no way he's six three. Bro, yeah, you're bugging. He's not. He's not five eleven. He's not. 5'11". Maybe
3: these NFL tackles are just. Enormous. Nah,
2: he's he's a big boy, bro. You're, you're bugging for that. And he's just making the plays that he's making out there are just absolutely ridiculous. And he just, he's a one-man wrecking crew. Yeah. And he was another reason why I was like, oh my God, when the Jets fall down double digits, this guy is just going to cause mayhem. He's going to know for a fact that they're not going to be able to run the ball. And they're not going to want to run the ball. It's it's over. It's over. We've spent way too much time on the Jets-Cowboys game. Um, can we talk about my G-men? The six scoreless quarters. Does the
3: Giants even know how to play offense? Like what the fuck? And then the the biggest comeback in Giants history. Congratulations for that. You guys did it against. I mean, I would think one of the toughest teams in the league, the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, how did you guys even pull that
2: one off? That's you mean, know, a tail, a tale of two halves. What because did, I saw I got I got the memes. I got the memes sent to me about them still not scoring a touchdown. I saw the tweets, people were hitting me up, like, yo, are you all right? Are you all right? And look, it was it, awfully reminiscent of the Sunday night football game. Barkley had a ball, hit off his hands, get intercepted, it didn't get housed on that one. Uh offensive line couldn't block for Daniel Jones, which seems to become a, a recurring issue. <laughs> But one thing about this Giants team is dating back to last year, they come out in the second halves and they really buckle down and perform well. And that's mm-hmm. on the coaching. That's why the coaching staff is so, it's held to such a high standard across the league and people are like Kafka and, and Wink. And obviously, Dayball, it's because he's second-half adjustments. Hey, they've been running these plays on us. This is their tendencies. We're seeing it. Let's buckle down. This is what's killing us. Now, second half, bam, they shut him down. And that's what they did in the second half. First half, they couldn't stop a nosebleed. And then in the second half, they fucking balled out. The Giants' defense didn't allow the Cardinals to cross the New York Giants' 44-yard line in the fourth quarter. Wow. And they scored 24 unanswered points. To complete the franchise's largest comeback in the Super Bowl era, if you're into win probability, with 38 seconds left in the third quarter, the Giants were down 28-14. They had a 4.7% win probability. Now, it also doesn't factor that it's our Arizona Cardinals on the other side that we're talking about. Correct. But it's also a massive win for morale, Oh, yeah. You, you for, guys needed it. It's
3: a tough division you guys
2: are in, man. Yeah, but also just like, bro, now you got to play San Fran on Thursday. Mm-hmm. The schedule was going to be an issue coming out anyway because seven of your first 11 games are on the road. If you were to lose that and say they got shut out and now your back to back weeks are getting shut out, why'd you pay Daniel Jones? Is Brian Dable the guy we thought he was? Darren Waller ain't shit. Like, we brought him in here for nothing and. They got Hyatt going, which was dope. About time. Yeah, speed so
3: man. So my question to you as a Giants fan, because this is just my analysis, and it sucks, but when Saquon isn't, I guess, uh, you know, force-fed the ball, right, where it kind of at times feels like, okay, we have this, this stud running back, let's run the rock. But in the third quarter, when you guys decided to be a football team, what got you guys that first touch on was the the deep ball. So are you like upset that you haven't seen that more? Because it seems like whenever I watch the Giants play in the first two weeks, it's very slow. Like it doesn't feel like
2: electricity or big time plays. It's a fair. It's a fair assessment. I don't know what it is. I feel like they want to get the the ball, like the ground game going. But it's weird, man, because now they have, in comparison to what they had last year, they actually have some receiving on offense. Correct. And they're dialing up the plays. But I also think it's, dude, teams are going to have a hard time passing on the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. You just are. Like, that front four is wicked. And Parsons alone is going to cause mayhem for you. But there's no one on Arizona that causes mayhem. So he had more time to throw when they did do those Correct. deep dropbacks, and you saw the deep bomb to Slayton. There was a couple other opportunities to Slayton where, you know, he just overthrew him or it got broken up. But they're giving him the time to air it out. I think the Giants are just going to be a, they but, I don't know if they're a playoff team, right? But it, it's a massive win that they had because I just think like the season could have been over then. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think they get thumped on Thursday,
3: dude. I, without a doubt, seeing the way that that team went into the locker room at halftime, I was like, I don't know what Dayball needs to do. I don't know what needs to be said, because it's clear that there's a there's a a lack of offensive continuity. Like you, you can't just be like a. Look at the Titans, right? You can be a run it down your throat type of team until you're fucking playing from behind and you're like, oh, well, you know, I guess throwing a deep work sometimes too. It's like, no, you got to have that healthy mix of everything so it's not a shock to the system.
2: And it's also going to get Saquon hurt, like keeping it 100. And it did. He's out for three weeks now with an ankle. Yeah. And I feel bad for him, bro. Like, look. (sighs) I mean,
3: how could you not?
2: Yeah, I feel bad, even though I'm someone that doesn't want to pay the running back. And I think paying the running back is what ultimately kind of handicaps a couple teams. But then again, like San Francisco now is paying a a running back top dollar. And he's probably the best offensive player in the league right now. Him and Tyreek Hill, it's like 1A, 1B. Mm-hmm. But they're also not paying their quarterback anything yet. Yeah. San Francisco is. So you could afford to pay that position. Mm-hmm. But I feel bad for Saquon. He's going to be out now three weeks with the ankle. And it's an ankle injury. You know it's just going to linger. Just yeah, moving forward. It's going to be an issue for him the rest of the year. And it sucks because dude wants to get paid. Mm-hmm. And and I felt like when the Giants were having those issues with him, I felt like they, they kind of behind closed doors were like, yeah, we'll franchise him, let him sign that, and then he'll be someone else's problem. That's ultimately what I think happens with it's a business. It is. That's the business
3: of it. If you were thinking it, okay, there's smarter people than us, all right, that even could predict, hey, we're just going to run him into the ground. And, all right.
2: And, yo, know, look, a lot of people got really lucky yesterday with the Giants because they were a very popular Eliminator pool pick. 100%. And a couple people in the Discord also, when I when I put out my bets, um, they were like, yo, bro, Giants minus four nice against arizona i was like just be careful man i just know this team like they're not they're not a team that you want to back when they're a favorite back them when they're an underdog sure but as a favorite they're just not there yet Mm -hmm. they're Mm -hmm. just not there yet
3: how much weight do you put into cross-country travel because you took the bills cross-country travel las vegas to, to buffalo new york to arizona does that factor into like your picking during the week? Are you, are you like this actually means something?
2: It does. If so, for example, say the giants weren't playing on Thursday mm-hmm. against San Francisco. Cause they're staying out there. Cause it makes Correct. sense. If they were playing on Sunday and for some reason, the giants decided to fly back to New York and then come back to San Francisco, I'd, I'd, you weigh it in. I'd weigh it in, yeah. Okay. This all started because of the 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 Jay Gruden tree. right? Like, Jay Gruden doesn't get enough love, but McVay was under him. The LaFleurs were under him. Shanahan were under him. They sort of started when McVay and Shanahan became head coaches. They started this trend of, bro, we're playing a back-to-back on the West Coast. We're staying. We're just staying out there. Mm-hmm. Or East Coast because them two are on the West. But whatever, if you're on the East Coast team, it's like, oh, we're gonna play at Seattle, then at the Chargers. Why fly back and forth? Just stay out there. Mm-hmm. Your body gets accustomed. Your time zone is an issue. Something. It means something for sure, dude, for sure. Now, in this scenario, it didn't it didn't factor anything for me. Mm-hmm. The Raiders, it didn't it didn't matter because the Raiders played in Denver last week and then they went to play in Buffalo. That didn't matter. The reason why I was on Buffalo, and that was my favorite bet of the week, and absolutely hammered it from my standards. Like, I put a couple a couple Benjis on this. Mm. And I'm not, I told you before, I'm not someone that bets pretty big. But it was, it was a spot. And it's a spot that I absolutely love. The Raiders, nail-biter at the end. And they win. People are like, oh, shit, is Jimmy G in Vegas better than we thought? It definitely influenced the line. Yeah, and then you see the Bills look terrible on Monday Night Football. And... I I bet them minus 8.5, minus 9, minus 9.5. I was all in. And even when they dropped, dude, when the Raiders scored first, the live line, minus 4, I bet them again, too. Had them in my eliminator pool. I had had three entries left. I lost one of them because I took Denver. Mm. But the other two, I went with Buffalo. And I was just so confident there. And it played out the way I thought. You know, it was just, again, it's a spot. Like, there's nothing I like to bet on more than the primetime team that gets embarrassed. whether And look, they lost in overtime, right? Mm-hmm. But they played awful. And the slander all week was, ah, oh, Allen isn't the guy we thought he was. Allen isn't this guy. He's not in the Mahomes class. And then he goes out yesterday, he told us, three touchdowns, looked amazing.
3: He looked reckless. He needs to stop fucking <laughs> jumping into the end zone. You are going to kill yourself, dude. Like, come on now. I mean, you can't play... Every single down like it's your last, you know, pray for
2: tomorrow. Like that will happen to you. You will get suplexed into the earth. And look, man, it, uh, you're absolutely right. That's been a complaint that I've had about him many times, but yo, something else. Hit me with it. Bill's established the run. For the first time in seven years. I think the first time ever with Josh Allen. (laughs) Because yo, another yeah. reason why Allen falls apart towards the tail end of the season, the last the last couple of years, remember he got hurt against the Jets last year, and then the tailspin happened with the elbow. Mm-hmm. It's because, bro, he's your goal line back. Yeah. Now you have it's, James Cook, his best game as a pro, easily seventeen carries, hundred twenty three yards. But you got the caught big boy. four passes. Latavius Murray's giving That's you six one. carries. He's scored a the touchdown. One. So it's you don't need Allen. You need Allen to just focus on throwing, mm-hmm. getting Diggs involved, getting Gabe Davis, getting the two tight ends, Knox and Kincaid. That's what you need. Hit the back out the backfield. You don't need him doing the Cam Newton shit. For as great as it was, that's ultimately what killed Cam Newton's career. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, all the Superman shit and the dabbing and I'm going to run this guy over. and mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, bro, when you're taking these hits, eventually it piles on. Shit, I'd rather you take a hit than literally try
3: to jump over every safety you see. Like, bro, the tape's out on you. Yeah, You, yeah. you like to hop. You, it was his big highlight from his uh, rookie season. Yeah. Where he hopped right over the Vikings linebacker. How do you feel about the Raiders?
2: Has anything changed through the first two games for you?
3: No, they're the same old Raiders. They're going to run the ball pretty well. Um, I, nothing has shocked me. Um, I did think that the Raiders would put up a better fight. Um, When I did take the Raiders at minus seven, I was like, oh, shit. It was one of like those things where I saw the line earlier in the week at a minus nine and a half or at plus nine and a half. I was like, oh, okay." like there's definitely they're weighing into consideration the travel. That's what I thought first off. And then when I woke up in the morning, I saw it at plus seven. I was like, the fuck do I know? Or do they know that I don't right now? Do you think it was just that the public put so much money on Vegas that they moved
2: it like that? No, I think it's really what I was telling you about. The entire conversation last week was, "What's wrong with Josh Allen? What's wrong with Buffalo? Is Diggs gonna get traded?" All right, like you heard a couple, some rumblings of that too. Yeah, but I feel like it would affect the line in the opposite yeah, so direction. That, that's called like reverse line movement. Mm-hmm. That's always a good indicator to like be like, "Huh? How come everyone's betting this, but the line's moving against it?" Yeah. Huh?
3: Yeah. It's always head-scratching, right? It, oh, dude, I, uh, that's why I took him. And like reverse, that's why I
2: took them. So, like, reverse line movement, right? What that is is, and let, let's, let's keep it very basic so people understand. You have the Raiders and the Bills. We'll use these two teams as an example. Say the line on this game was seven points. Mm-hmm. Everybody is betting plus seven, plus seven, plus seven. But it goes to minus nine Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Usually, you're betting the plus seven, it should go down to plus six and a half, plus six, but it's going opposite, reverse line movement. That's always an indicator that the pro money is coming in on the other side. Mm -hmm. And that's that's very, it's very telling, very telling, reverse line movement. Boom. Learn something. If you ever want to sound smart with your friends, be like, yo, that's some reverse line movement. They'll be like, whoa. Yeah. It's like when people say value in sports betting, it's like, oh, there's a lot of value there. What's value? They never know what value is. No, what
3: is it, DVOA is something you mentioned earlier? I've heard that stat, don't know what it means.
2: DVOA is just a, it's an analytic that takes all aspects of either defense or offense. It accounts for time of possession, it accounts for throwaways, it accounts for, Mm. oh, you know, dead stats, you put up 350 yards, but 280 of them came when you were up 28. Mm -hmm. so it's it's one of the most it's a football outsiders metric dvoa it's it's another one where it's like yo you want to sound smart where your friends be like man they're third in dvoa on defense nick i want you to take me to school right now hit me with uh what's positive ev positive ev is definitely not something that you do when you parlay okay okay positive ev so just betting favorites positive ev is like so like uh Positive EV is when you take straight bets would be positive EV. Mm. Parlays are not uh, same game parlays. Teasers are not. It's mostly when you have a A or B side. Okay. And it's like making, making decisions that are positive in the sense of like you only need one outcome. Right, okay. like it's not like a part like you need five legs to hit. Got it. And over time, that's negative EV. You're just gonna that, kill your bankroll. Yeah,
3: definitely something that I hear sports say, saying. I'm like, yeah,
2: positive EV closing yes, line value, <laughs> boom. The the term value, uh, the pros, the sharps, like those are the buzzwords for sports betting.
3: Yeah, some jargon. There we go. Maybe maybe you should have that be like a segment of your show. Just like your little education. We, we maybe get it on a whiteboard here. Sports
2: betting 101. Sports betting 101. Today's word of the day. I like EV. This. I like this. All right. Uh, there's two games I kind of want to skip over. Hit, hit
3: the, just tell me which ones because.
2: Colts, Texans.
3: Uh, biggest thing in that one, blitz rookie quarterbacks. Yeah. Done. And I think the Texans had like four like backup offensive linemen. Yeah. Uh, they're going to kill CJ
2: Stroud. You know what else I liked? You mentioned it before in passing. Bro, I fuck with Anthony Richardson for what he did. For admitting that he was hurt. You know, nowadays we all want to be like macho and like the male ego comes in and how you're going to be looked at by your peers or your teammates. But what's more valuable? You admitting that you got hurt, you get pulled from this game, which you were winning also. Yeah. In large part to your performance. And saving yourself for your teammates the rest of the way. Or going out there and being a hero and then jeopardizing the rest of your season and then ruining whatever potential the Colts might have. I yeah. kind of respect that. And I think it's I think it should be you should uh tip your hat to him. I think that's
3: the difference between a first round draft pick and a fifth round draft pick. I uh, like where you're going with this. I think, you know, when you know your bank account is kind of set, um, my career's long. All right. Like I already got the first big bag. I need to save myself for the second big bag. Could and and I, you know, you're praising him for his uh heroic act. But dude, trust me, if it was a a, a Brock
2: Purdy, like he's he's playing. He now, has to play. You you bring up a really good point because it's been said in the past too that oftentimes say a guy gets hurt on Sunday and the next Sunday they should sit out. But they're a fringe guy. They're a practice <laughs> squad guy who's getting an opportunity. They're a, they're a fifth-round draft pick. You don't have – you're not Mahomes. Yeah, but the league isn't built the same for everybody. Right, That's right. That's it. That's Absolutely, absolutely. But you're not, you're not Mahomes who – if Mahomes, God forbid, gets a season-ending injury – The moment he's 100% healthy, even if the other guy goes and wins a Super Bowl, it's Mahomes' team. Yeah. I used to make this case all the time for like early, early VM years where it's like, bro, if Aaron Rodgers, when he would get hurt, when he comes back, he knows the team is his. He doesn't need to be rushed back. But the the Wes Welkers of the world who were punt returners and... Barely got opportunities. When they got their opportunity, they'd come back when they probably should sit because of a concussion. Mm-hmm. They're coming back. Yeah. That hamstring, they're fighting through it. And a lot of it has to do with where you're taken, bro. When you're a first or second round pick, but mostly a first round pick, teams are going to give you chances over and over again. And it's just going to happen because their perception of you is you were a first round pick. That's why Trey Lance is going to have opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. Yeah. If Trey Lance was Brock Purdy, roles reversed, roles reversed. Mm-hmm. Brock Purdy was the first round pick and he ended up shitting the bed. Yep. They're going to give him opportunities. Yep. Brock Purdy seventh round pick, he's winning. Oh cool. The awesome. moment it goes south for Brock Purdy, they'd be like, oh, we're probably now it's showing why it was Mr. Irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. But Trey Lance, he's getting these opportunities and he'll continue to get these opportunities because he was a first round pick.
3: Yeah, yeah. But I, I, like like you said, to begin all this, right? Players do need to do what's in benefit of their team. It sucks that uh, you know, it had to, to happen like that. And that I don't know if he's gonna play next week. We'll see if he gets cleared or not. Um, Kind of blows my mind that C.J. Stroud wasn't the one that was knocked out of the game with a concussion because he got sacked six times. Uh, A stat that I saw is he's on pace to get sacked, let's see, 11. It's been 11 through two games. So, shit, dude. You're talking 100-plus sacks. No quarterback's ever been sacked that much in a season. So, I don't know. You may see him voluntarily say, you know, my head doesn't hurt that well either. He saw Anthony Richardson do it after a touchdown. He's like, "Wait, I can do that. Yeah. I'm done." Yeah, I mean, bro, he he gets beat up, man. He gets <laughs> yeah, beat up, and I'm like,
2: dude, look, it's uh, it's something we saw with the Texans when they first became a franchise, right? David Carr was like the most sad quarterback ever. Andrew Luck's career came mm-hmm. to an end because he gonna get protected. You have to protect these guys. If you like CJ Stroud, if you like any of these young quarterbacks, you got to protect them. I also love that. I said I don't want to spend too much time on the Colts Texans game, and, and we, did, we, just... we, we hit them with two stats right off
3: <laughs> right off rip, dude. No,
2: I like it. Uh, Seahawks Lions. I'm. Ursalita just... <laughs> came through, baby. The
3: Lions, nor do the Seahawks. They don't play defense like no. any. Uh, like Cameron even said this. Okay, Cameron on my on my recap show last night. She's like, yeah, if you take the over in Lions games, like I've done that for like the past ten weeks, and it always hits. I'm like, yeah, you're you're pretty accurate. They come from behind. Um, I think their offense is still extremely high-powered. Amon Ross St. Brown just keeps proving his case every week that he is the best receiver in the league. The the Seahawks are so undisciplined. Like, the fact that the Lions lost to an undisciplined team doesn't bode well in me saying that they were going to win the Super Bowl at the beginning of the year. However, their offense can make up for... Uh, you know, their lack of defense. But you can't lose to the Seahawks who the only player that's consistent on the Seahawks, and it seems like for the past four years, he is the only consistent player is Tyler Lockett. It's crazy. Like that a receiver is your, and not even a, uh, what, a A-tier receiver. Yeah. Has been your most consistent player for the past four, three, four years.
2: I don't want to panic too much about the Lions, even though I wasn't as high as clearly you were coming in. You had them yeah. in the Super Bowl. But it's important to mention that Taylor Decker didn't play, and then they kind of had to shift around the offensive line, which yeah. always sucks. Yeah. Right? Penny Sewell shifted over from right tackle to left tackle. Matt Nelson came in to start at right tackle. And this is something where the Lions probably have one of the best offensive lines in the league. Mm-hmm. Another reason why people were high on them. And then their other offensive lineman got hurt also by Ty. He left the game with 10 minutes to go. So, And the Seahawks aren't exactly a a juggernaut at rushing the passer, but this is what happens when you're losing offensive linemen. Sports bettors, you want another sports betting term? Cluster injuries. Mm. So when you have a bunch of injuries to one positional group, Mm. it's more valuable for you to have... Not valuable, but it's going to be more detrimental to your team if you're missing three offensive linemen, three DBs, as opposed to one in each
3: as position. As opposed
2: to losing a DB wide receiver, and you're you're mm. better off. Damn, we're learning so much today, Nick. You're better off, dude. You're better off having your wide receiver, running back, and like defensive tackle out than having your entire secondary out for that game. Because mm. now. Both of your safeties, both of your corners are out. Now you have backups in those roles. And then if one of those goes down, now you got like practice squad guys out there. And that's what happened to the Lions over the weekend. And Seattle Seattle came up big, man. It was a spot that I really liked them. They were Ursalita last week, plus six. I, I did b- like I him bet with them with the I bet points. Them, yeah, with the points. But again, bro, it go- I'm telling you, George, if you could take, if anyone listening, anyone watching, if you could just take this thing from me, public perception. What is the conversation throughout the week? You can make a lot of money in sports betting. We saw the Lions win the, whole, the, the first game of the season. They beat the defending champs. They beat Mahomes. And then the entire 10 days, it was at the, is the Lions' year. Lions' home opener. It's the first time in 35 years that they've sold out season tickets. Oh, shit, Seattle lost to the Rams. The Rams were supposed to be trash. Seattle ain't shit. And then what happens? Throughout the whole game, you knew that Seattle was going to cover the plus six. Mm-hmm. I didn't think they were going to win, especially when the game went to overtime. But yeah. that's that's why public perception is so important, bro. I guarantee you, because oh, we're recording this before the Monday night games, whatever happens Monday night, just pay attention to the lines. The Steelers right now look ahead. They play in Vegas next week. They're a one-point favorite on the road. If they get shellacked, they'll probably be a, a two-point. Two, three point underdog next week. Agreed. Or the other way around. If the Steelers yeah. end up crushing, then maybe they're a four point favorite in yeah. Vegas next week. She's especially insane. when you look at Vegas that got thumped yeah. by four touchdowns. So it's very important, man, to highlight that. We didn't, one of the main things I wanted to talk to you about was the officiating yesterday. Yeah. And there was a play in this game that kind of inspired the whole. Kind of set the tone for the rest of the day. Kirby Joseph is a DB for the Lions. They threw a flag on him that made it first and goal for Seattle. And it was one of the worst penalties I think I've ever seen. Going to it. DK Metcalf face masks him. hmm And as they're toggling, he ends up holding him. They call holding on Kirby Joseph. That's right. It's never the guy that initiates. It's the guy that retaliates that gets in trouble. There's a third and seven in the Cowboys Jets game. They're inside Mm. the red zone. And this is when the game was still coverable. Yeah. First half. Franklin Myers comes off the edge. The offensive lineman pulls him down. As he's getting pancaked. As he's getting pancaked, pulls him down, falls into Dak because he got pulled down, roughing the passer.
3: Come yeah. on, bro. That's that Brady roughing the passer call, but it, it's it has been sporadic. You'd rather them swallow the whistle like they did in the Commanders uh, Broncos game this past weekend. They swallowed the whistle on that two point conversion, which could have been called. Right. That there was two uh, officiating things that made me realize I'm just like I I I'm so not in favor of these helmet-to-helmet rules because I think there was this play in the Patriots versus Dolphins game. Jalen Waddell's catching a pass up the middle, okay? It was like a lofted pass. The linebacker, Matt Judon, knocks the ball out. The safety who can't see Jalen Waddell to come clean up the play comes, and he hits face mask to the back of Jalen Waddell's helmet. So his head is up, and they hit him for the the targeting helmet-to-helmet. If your face mask... If you're getting your head up and your face mask hits their helmet, especially when you can't see them, like, to me, you can't call that shit. Like, you just can't. And, but, you know, it's one of those plays where it's the perception afterwards of Jalen Waddle falling and, you know, grabbing his head. Oh, now we got to for sure throw that, right? So, that was, like, penalties over the weekend that's just absolutely absurd. There was also... Uh, a play where OBJ grabbed uh, one of the Bengals' corners receivers, dragged the receiver down, and they called it uh, a defensive pass interference because OBJ grabbed the dude by the jersey and fell down. Typical OBJ move. But, you know, that's where... Nick, how do you think we solve this? Do you think everything that is penalty-wise needs to come from upstairs like, or, or corrected, at least from upstairs, like how they do in hockey. Where That's always blown my mind. I'm like, how has hockey beat the NFL to correcting, officiating mistakes?
2: Yeah, it's weird because then you don't want to slow down the game too, right? Like, that's another issue why people don't want to have penalties be reviewed. Agreed.
3: Remember the year they did the pass interference review? Yeah, what a fucking mistake that was. Yeah, and I don't think it's every penalty.
2: Right, right, right. But then it got the reason why it was a mistake was I think it was ninety six or ninety four percent of the initial pass interference call was validated. Mm. Right, and was like six percent of them got overturned. So it's like, why are we wasting our time? But again, it happens all the time where it's an overreaction to what we saw last we had saw Jared Goff and the Rams going to New Orleans and they have the no PI call which kind of ends the Saints dynasty right oh bro dynasty in the sense of like always divisional round divisional round and
3: yeah that one that one killed that one hurt my heart and then then the was,
2: same I, shit the same sorry but the same shit happened with the Cowboys Packers game that did des catch it mm. and then all of a sudden now we we changed the catch rules do you want to hear?
3: Did you see the Mac Collins almost touchdown in the Falcons-Packers game? Yeah. Where he gets his toes in bounce. This blew my fucking mind, dude. I was like, what do you what more do you want these guys to do? He gets his toes in bounce, and by the grace of God, he must be doing calf raises with 45 pounds on each side. This dude is able to maintain falling down to earth in the gravity, has his toes, his heels bit. Ba- I didn't even see him hit, dude. Yeah. And usually after I see a replay 17 times, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, the left one touched a little bit. This man kept his toes up with the best ability that he could, and they didn't call it a touchdown. But if you catch a pass, your toes are in bounce, and you slide out of bounce, that's a touchdown. Not saying that, well, obviously the Falcons end up winning that game, but that play right there, I'm like, how is this, what? He got two feet in bounce. What are we doing?
2: This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Let's talk about sex. And guys, as you know, we've talked about this in the past. One of the main rules of life. No dick, no hope. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as viagra cialis and levitra but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost you could take them anytime day or night so you could plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises the process is simple sign up at bluechew.com consult with one of their licensed medical providers and once you are approved you'll receive your prescription within days the best part It's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew tablets are made in the U.S. and prepared, shipped directly to your door in a discreet package. Blue Chew wants to help you have better sex. Also, congrats on the sex if you are having it. Discover your options at bluechew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free. When you use our promo code VM at checkout, just pay $5 in shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code VM, to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast. And to all of you that are taking Blue Chew, congrats on the sex. We're driven by
0: the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need
2: Indeed. Uh, That one that one irked me. It's funny how a toe tap on the sideline is a catch, right? (laughs) Dude, this is the it's my point exactly. But on the sideline, yeah,
3: you're you're in the back of the end zone, and like I said, I mean, you this dude is fighting gravity, okay,
2: Mother Nature, and he barely, barely touches his heel to the ground. The other good one is it needs to be a football move. So if I'm standing in the back, if I'm in the back of the end zone, right, (laughs) and you throw me a pass and I catch it, and all I do is just catch it and just put it here, I don't take no other steps. Is that a catch? By law, is that a catch? Yes. Should be. But if that happens in the middle of the field on like the 50-yard line, the ball comes out, it's not a catch because I didn't make a football move. So it's territorial, too. It's where are you on the field where that's happening. But to your point, you're right. Like You're in the back of the end zone.
3: Okay, here's here's the thing that I think we should instill, okay? No more slow-mo cameras. The audience, the people watching on TV, we can see slow-mo. But these fucking referees need to watch this at real game speed so that they can get the feel, all right? A, A second can't feel like five seconds. All right, everything is false. We're in this fantasy world where we're in uh, uh, what inception where everything everybody's floating?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's bullshit. Yeah, it's rough, man. When you slow it down to like the millisecond, it's like, oh, that grain of grass came up. He stepped Dude. out of bounds. They're like, bro, <laughs> so bad. and you're zooming in. <laughs> like at 800 percent zoom in you're like come on bro what are we doing here and then you always got that
3: one fan in the audience that just like throws their hands up at the right time like as soon as the ball's about to cross the goal line a fans like this covers up the angle yeah,
2: you yeah, yeah. oh you needed
3: that angle <laughs> it's the camera uh you know the photo bomb dude oh man uh is yeah.
2: there any other game because I know we have a segment planned after we go to to do these ad reads but is there another game you want to highlight uh the buccaneers Is it the Buccaneers
3: are for real? Do you buy or sell the Buccaneers? Because I think the Bears are that bad. The Bears are horrible. They're so bad. Yeah. they, They will get Caleb Williams.
2: I think the Cardinals might be able to win more games than the Bears. Dude, there's a couple of teams. There's a couple of teams where I'm struggling to find wins. Remember, I bet the Patriots 30-1 to to have the worst record in football. Wow, you did. Their defense is really good. Pat's defense is very good. Yeah. But that offense sucks. That offense is slow. Remember when I was complaining about how they might have the slowest offense in the league? Yeah, Their fastest guy is probably that dude Douglas. And God knows if we see him play again because he fumbled (laughs) yesterday. Belichick throwing the flag the way he did. It was like (laughs) the best gif ever from that game. That team, that team ain't that good either, man. But the Bears, yeah. The Bears, Justin Fields. I think I think I think both could be true. I think the Bucks, the Bucks, I know a lot of professional betters out here that made some division plays on the Bucs. Mm. Because if you look at the roster, obviously they lose Brady, but no team had a bigger drop in win totals from one to another, one year to another. They were 11.5 and a half win total last year, six and a half this year. Oh. Obviously, because Brady isn't there, but man, like Mike Evans. Yeah. Dude wants to break the record. If he gets 1,000 yards this year, he breaks the record for most consecutive 1,000 yard seasons to start a career. Wow. Yeah. What would that put him at? I think it would be 10. 10? Jesus, man. That's right? a model. They got, of they got Godwin. The offensive line, even though it got ravaged by injuries a little bit, still pretty solid. The defensive line, it got. Shaq Barrett's a little baller. Still have two of my favorite linebackers, yeah, Levante David and Devin White. And they got they got some guys in speed DBs that have been there from when they won the Super Bowl that were rookies over there, and now they're kind of like the Growing staples up. of your secondary. So I think I think the Bucs, we're gonna learn a lot about the Bucs this week. Monday Night Football they play the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Well, next week I should say because we still have Monday Night before we uh, before we put a bow on Week Two. But yeah, man, I think I think both could be true, bro. I think that the I think that the Bucs are the Bucks are gonna be a player. Especially yes. if like your Saints slip up this week, you know, going up against the Panthers. Again, we're recording this prior to, but Bucks at 2 0. Oh, it's it's interesting, man. And Baker, look, this Baker has a lot to prove. Mm-hmm. Still not buying into Baker, but Hey, he got weapons, bro. It helps that you're playing with a team that's that talent. He's a player's player. He is
3: everybody's favorite teammate. He is the guy that's not afraid to embarrass himself. I think he has a way better relationship with Todd Bowles than Todd Bowles had with Tom Brady. And, uh, you know, being a defensive coach, having a, a quarterback who's a little less... Mr. Polished, Greatest of All Time, and somebody who's a little more rugged—it uh, fits the fits the mold a, a lot better, in my opinion. Um, there is one other game, the Thursday night game, uh, that I kind of wanted to.
2: We're gonna touch we're on. gonna touch on that because that's gonna lead into our next segment, and you know what? we'll open up with that one. But okay. Before we do, let's go big up, big shout out to one of our sponsors, Fly Me Out. Listeners, do you ever feel the urge to break away and discover the world with a like-minded tribe? Let me introduce you to Fly Me Out, the premier social travel club. Imagine if LinkedIn, Airbnb, and Raya had a travel-loving baby. Whether you're looking to network with professionals on a beach or bond with creatives in the heart of a city, Fly Me Out got you covered. Dive into curated experiences, and with their platform, it's never been easier to find your tribe and to see the globe don't just travel make memories with fly me out use code vm1 for expedited application review and i want to say fly me out one of my buddies zach shout out zach he's a big cowboys fan fucking hate that guy when the cowboys and giants play because he just sends me smiley faces just normal smiley faces just he just emoji smiley face Mm. just like (laughs) you know mm. fucking drives me crazy
1: (laughs) But that's my guy, and he's
2: the guy who's responsible for this company. Fly me out. They're pretty dope. I'm hoping to do some stuff with them in the near future. Go on some vacations. because uh, I'm going to sound like an Instagram chick right now, bro, but I, I, get, I get when people are like, man, I want to travel. I don't yeah. know if I told you this, but I didn't understand it until I went to Colombia. Yeah, Nick, you got to. You got to see the world, dude. I've been to Thailand. I've
3: been to a lot of the Caribbean islands. I have not made it to Europe yet, but like I got to see China a little bit, you need to. Like there's there's people, especially when you do start going out and traveling a lot more, you'll start seeing that all these uh, like families from Europe would rather give their kids money to go vacation than to go to school. Wow. Because you just learn so like I mean in Colombia, tell me you weren't struggling a little bit, you saw you saw the first menu, menu and you were like, "Fuck. Like I got I got to pick some of these words up pretty fast. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it definitely helps you learn a lot better. Go travel, people.
2: Yeah. Check out Fly Me Out. Use the code VM1 for expedited application review. Okay, George, you wanted to mention Thursday night. Yes. Um, let's play a little game, dude. Let's play okay. a little game. Okay. There are four teams right now that are 0 and 2. Now, there are more teams that are 0 and 2, but I want to preface. These are teams that kind of had some expectations going into the year. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask you if it's time to panic or not. All right. It was the name of the thumbnail for this episode also. Shout out to the viewers right now. We're at 11 viewers on the YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash Veterans Minimum. We'll be doing these shows live moving forward if you're listening to the audio version of this. Okay. Some history. Yes. Do you know how many teams have won the Super Bowl after starting 0-2? I know one of them has. Whoa, 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 whoa! It's not just them. I know, but this is the one that matters, bro. Okay, okay. So there's the more one. than one team that the has 07, done it. The 07 Giants, eighteen and Eli, baby. Eighteen That's what and was. Eli. Come on, yo, look at this, little Maryland. The other team was the one Patriots. of my favorite shirts of all time. Look at this. That is a pretty dope shirt. Eleven ninety
3: nine on Amazon. I thought that's for sure something you bought off a New Yorker like in front of Times Square.
2: Nah, dude, Amazon. Nice, fire, right? It is. It is. You
3: could definitely tell you've been wearing that shirt. You know, bro, it's, 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 the, a, it's been to the wall. <laughs> look at oh, that. Oh, you can't even see. It's so yellow. <laughs> Cause you didn't tell me you wore it to jujitsu. Nah, right? nah, nah. But Listen, bro, this this shirt's like ten what? years old, bro. Look at that. No, you've definitely gotten
2: your use out of that bad boy, right that's there. That's why I kind of throw a uh, button up over it sometimes. Oh, I and mean, you hide it. Come on, bro. Fashion tips 101. Bro. I'm glad. Yeah, at least you're a man a man enough
3: to be like, no, look at this, bro. This shirt's got some character to this it. This shit bro. has
2: been through it, bro. This <laughs> shirt right here. This shirt right here. That's not. That's not sanitary. This shirt right here. It's been. It's been through four win seasons. All right, that builds character, bro. You're so right. That builds character. But the New York Giants, the 07 Giants, yep. started 0-2, won the Super Bowl. Yep. The 2001 Patriots. Correct. Was that the team you were going to mention? Yep. And then uh one of the Cowboy, there was a Cowboys team that started In the 0-2. 80s? I don't know if it was the, the, the nine. I don't know if it was the 90s. I'd have to go check. I just listed the names of the team. Yeah. And obviously I know about the Pats and the definitely know about the Giants. Right. Uh <laughs> The Bengals last year also started 0 2. Okay. And then went to the AFC title game. So it's not you have the extra game now. There's an extra playoff seat. It's not as it's not a funeral. Yeah. Oh, these oh, so oh, teams here.
3: You're definitely on the, the verge of having to buy a coffin next week.
2: Yeah. If you lose. If you lose. Okay. Yes. So again, there's four teams that I have. Okay. These are teams, again, that had expectations coming into the year, and I'm wondering whether or not it's time to panic or not. Mm. Let's start with the Vikings, since you wanted to talk about the Vikings and you wanted to talk about the Thursday night game from last week. What is it that you want to discuss?
3: So did you see how many rushing attempts the Vikings had on Thursday night football? And if you didn't, I'll tell you right now. They had nine rushing attempts.
2: Uh, I was going to guess a low amount. Because Alexander Madison is on my fantasy team. And also Alexander Madison got some crazy racist DMs. Because I of heard about that. Yeah, I was reading the article about it. And I was, I was uh, listening to Cam and Mace's show here at the studio. They were talking about it too. Kind of wild. Like the worst thing. Have you ever DM'd an athlete for them uh, messing up a bed um, or a Yeah. Yeah, I have. I have. But nothing like like I know my
3: limits. I also try to like use that as a if he sees this, he may laugh. Right, you know?
2: like a playful way. Like right?
3: he may, you know, I can say, Hey, bro, I sent you a d-. He may like it or something. You know, yeah, I don't it's do never
2: s- like yo, you're a piece of shit. No. I don't I don't put on the white hood. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah. How this, <laughs> dude, <laughs> this dude probably this put guy on the was white going crazy. If you see you know, some of these screenshots that Madison was putting out, it was not fun. And that's Minnesota up there. You gotta be careful, you know what I mean. I once uh not me. My my buddy, boss. He once texted Cam Newton the end him. and he, when he fumbled that, like the one you left, he just wrote "high and tight, buddy." <laughs> like, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Like, that's playful. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, I've never, I've, i and I've had, I've had a lot of bets or like fantasy, like where I could have won thousands of dollars, and you know, a player just didn't deliver. It's like, like that's the game, bro. You have to understand that. That shit's going to happen. These guys got millions on the line. They don't care about your parlays. Correct.
3: Yeah. Correct. Uh, You definitely have sent DMs for people succeeding for your bets. I've done that. Oh, dude. Yeah. Like, God bless you. You know what I mean? Have
2: you seen those memes of like uh, when your girl goes through your phone, but she sees your DMs, and it's you wishing LeBron James good luck? (laughs) (laughs) No, (laughs) That's a good one, though. And it's just like the girl is laughing in the background, and it's like, You're wishing Conor McGregor success on his next fight. It's just like, (laughs) those are the DMs. It's like, this is why you don't want to read my DMs, because they're embarrassing.
3: Yes, yes, that's hilarious. But back Uh, to the Vikings. Back to the Vikings having nine rushing attempts, okay. I had to go back into uh, the stat history to see, like, is this the lowest amount or one of the lowest amount of rushing attempts in a game? And it wasn't, it didn't take the cake for being the lowest, lowest, but it is tied for fifth. And the fifth least amount of rushing attempts in a game. And uh, Nick, let me just give a little uh, little pro tip for all you offensive coordinators out there. Uh, all those teams that ran the ball nine times or less, they lost every one of those games. So whether it was from you having to play from super far behind or even if you are behind, you got to run the rock. You got to be versatile because... If, if there's any stat out there that is more telling, if you run the ball 10 times, you give yourself statistically a chance to win. That was my uh, that was my little rant there. It was tough for them to run the ball, though. They were behind all game. I don't blame them. Yeah. But you got to throw, throw it in the mix there. And if you're an OC, you got to know this stat. Why am I just telling you this stat?
2: Yeah, well, they got uh, Minnesota. And, like, Kirk's been playing well, bro. Yeah. Kirk's, Kirk's been balling, dude. Big. It's not, look, it's not sexy, it's not It's not attractive, but he's been playing well, man. He uh, got weapons, obviously, the team is pretty loaded on the outside, but yeah, it's not, and it looks bad because there are some plays where he kind of just spikes the ball, or he's getting tackled and he throws it off one knee. Correct. And it looks bad, but when you look at how he's playing, he's not the issue for them. Mm-hmm. I think the issue for them is defensively. Mm-hmm. And also, look, now they're 0 and 2 in one score games, where last year they were 11 and 0. Yeah. There's a regression. That's going to happen. That call that went your way is not going to happen. Correct. Right? Last year, the commanders, they play the Giants. I talk about this all the time. They play the Giants Sunday night football. Terry McLaurin gets mugged in inside the red zone, in the end zone, I mean. No flag. Yesterday, Corlin Sutton got mugged in the end zone, bro. Yeah. No flag. That's what happens. That's what happens. That's why year to year, that holding that didn't get called, I know some of the Raider friends that I have, they were showing screenshots of like Max Crosby's basically getting guillotined by an (laughs) offensive lineman. No call came in. He also lost by four touchdowns, so there is that also. But that's what happens, bro. They're not going to call everything. Yeah. And with Minnesota, for me, I think it's time to panic, especially when you factor in what, Again, these are what my expectations were. Yeah. They're kind of being validated because I thought that they'd be a team that was going to regress. Out
3: of all the those teams, though, that we're about to go through, this is the team that I'm most, like, hopeful for in, like, being able to come back. You know, no I, know I know, I know you say that you know you, how it goes in two score games plays a big factor but like even being in the that moment of taking your team back and going through and winning those those games like i think the vikings are still very capable because the one thing that is true justin jefferson is that good he could put you in great positions to win games now you do need to run the ball at least 10 times to give yourself statistically a chance to win i think if they do that they're going to have to put up 35 points to win. Like it's not going to be pretty, but I definitely this is a team where I can see them uh especially with the way the divisions panning out, they could be a wild card team. They could be. Um I
2: then- don't know. I don't know if I agree, man. You think of so so the four teams are Chargers, Bengals, Vikings, Broncos. Mhm. I think Moment of silence for Denver is definitely appropriate. I think it's a wrap.
3: Yeah, and you were Mr. On Top of the the Mountain for these Denver Broncos. You were mile high for these Denver Broncos.
2: Yeah, I was big on Denver, bro. Now, it was a rough take. It's a rough take. I take the L. I take the L. They did
3: come back yesterday. There was life. I mean, Do you obviously. you
2: know what the, the thing that upset me the most about that game was that the defense couldn't make any stops because I've been hyping up the Denver defense for being the best in the league. When you take all things into consideration, how bad the offense was last year, mm-hmm. I would vote for them being the best in the league because they kept them in games because of how good that defense is. And for you to have a 21-3 lead at home, Mm-hmm. We're Denver, bro, in September. Since the origins of Mile High, that stadium. If you just bet the Denver Broncos in September against the spread, they cover close to seventy-eight percent of their games. That's crazy. And a lot of it has to do with the altitude. Mm-hmm. Early in the year, teams aren't as conditioned, in good shape, conditioned, and you're up twenty-one-three. Yeah. And to let them come back on you. And then the Kareem Jackson hit, I think, kind of sparked Mm -hmm. the comeback for Washington. They got feisty. They got on people's faces. They wanted to throw down. Yeah. Kind of lit a fire under their asses. And then, dude, Sam Howell, the one touchdown that he threw to Terry McLaurin, who was an absolute missile. Mm -hmm. and, And on target. Yeah. Absolute dime. So,
3: but onto the Bronco, this is, this is it's fucking hit the red panic button. Russell Wilson, you are God blessed. The Lords uh, were looking over Mile High yesterday, and they said we did want a Hail Mary, okay? It was the only time yesterday where I verbally was like, oh, oh, my God, oh, my God. Oh, when, you, when you see it happen, tip, 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 you get the Hail Mary, you're going for two. When I tell you, you need to go right now and watch that last play, that two-point conversion play, Russell Wilson misses a wide-open Jerry Judy. It's a mesh concept. You're, you have to wait, okay? And this is tough because, obviously, the commanders were bringing some pressure. But even after watching back on the play, I'm like, you step up into the pocket, you're able to direct your eyes to Jerry Judy, but he rushed it, dude. And I saw Sean Payton, like, he, he wasn't even mad at all. He was just disappointed. You know what I mean? Just like a
2: parent. That There were so many times yesterday where Russ, because I took, I took the Broncos in my eliminator pool, mm. and so many times he rolls out the pocket, and he would do it in Seattle too, but it would work because he was a lot younger, and he was a lot faster, and he was able to roll out and then make the throws. Now he just rolls out and then gets sacked. Yeah. He just don't have it no more, bro. And it's rough. That was a rough contract. They gave uh, Jared Stidham, I think, 10 or $15 million in the offseason. They go to Miami this week. Miami's home opener. A lot of excitement in Miami. Yeah. It's do or
3: die for them, bro. Did you see the spread on that? It blew my mind. What was it? The Dolphins entirely too low. I thought it was going to be the Dolphins by like nine, like a nine and a half type thing. I think it was the Dolphins by five five and a half or six it's something like where i'm i'm gonna you said monday winners at the end yeah this uh this is definitely one to keep your eyes on
2: i'm fascinated by it i got wager attack up right now use promo code vm when making a deposit cheap plug they got them at six and a half seems like a vegas zone seems like they're like kind of want you to take miami yeah i i want them yeah i would they're Way yeah. way too. There's always a game on the board where it's way too obvious, yeah. and I'm always like, I can't make this call on Monday. I gotta wait a little bit. Let me see. Correct. Let me see what's what's the conversation gonna be like. Where the money coming in? Mm-hmm. I gotta wait. But you're right. It does it does jump out. But to me, uh, of the four teams, this is the team that I have no faith in. Now, ironically enough, Chargers play the Vikings this week. Wow, in uh, battle of the losers. You, know, you ready for this? Were you a wrestling fan growing up? Yeah. Dude, this is a loser Lee's Town match. Oh. Come on, bro. How good were those matches? This is. This, this is. is. This is loser Lee's Town. The loser of this game. Buy your coffin.
3: It's over for you. You're 0-3. That's never been done before, right? 0-3 is the threshold. I think when it's. Or is it 0-4? I think 0-4 was like the Houston
2: Oilers. Oh, shit. Like way back. Okay. Doesn't count. Yeah. But like recently, yeah, 0 and four is. You're but done. again, I wonder, I wonder what the trends are going to be with now the additional game and the additional playoff team. But it doesn't help you, right? Regardless, of course I not. think you're right. Of like, course not. If you're if you're 0 and three, it's a wrap. And the Chargers, Chargers 0 and two, Vikings 0 and two. They're playing each other in week three. Loser leaves town match. One of my favorite matches of all time. Anytime you had that, and. Bro, the Chargers, I'm kind of good with them, bro. You're done? I think so, man. Yeah. And I love, I love Justin Herbert. He played, I think him and Lamar yesterday were the two best quarterbacks that I watched on Sunday. Mm. We haven't touched on Lamar yet and the Ravens because we're going to get to the Bengals in a little yeah. bit, who's the other 0-2 team, as we start to wind down this show. But, dude, to me, the Chargers is, they got to do something with the head coach, bro. They've gone stale.
3: Stale E. They've gone stale E. Yeah. Legitimately.
2: They have. They lost two games. I just don't get it. They lost two games that they could have won and should have won, honestly. They mm-hmm. should have won both games. Justin Herbert, I think uh I posted it on the Veterans Minimum Instagram. I'm gonna pull it up right now. But dude, his last four games, right? Electric, electric, electric. Justin Herbert's last four games, he has 1,130 passing yards. Holy shit. Seven total touchdowns, zero interceptions, 65.9 completion percentage. His team is 0-4 in these games. Now, there are a couple third downs that he doesn't convert. I get that. But he's not the issue. And everyone knows I'm a Justin Herbert fanboy. Mm-hmm. I think he's great. I think he's everything that we've said that he is. But that, it's it got to be the coaching staff and the head coach. Because no, 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 also, bro, like, is, you came in as a defensive guy. He was a defensive coordinator for the Rams, and their defense can't do nothing. Like, guys are wide open against them. Yeah. And they yeah. got talent on defense. The So everything
3: stat attack from yesterday's game with the Titans, right? Total yards, they pretty much were even. The Chargers got three hundred forty-two. The Titans got three hundred forty-one. First downs, the Chargers got nineteen. The Titans got twenty-two. Time of possession, they had no run game. The Chargers had the ball for twenty-eight minutes. The Titans had the ball for thirty-six minutes. Like that's almost that's over a half of fo- a quarter of football more that they had the ball. That means something when you can't run the ball, especially for the defensive side. They're they're constantly you know given up a lot of points but they um that three and out uh in overtime i was i was disappointed you know i it's it's a spot in which obviously the titans the titans are a team that whenever they play somebody they make it ugly but the chargers were missing that austin eckler lust you know the the solid 15 to 20 carries uh josh kelly their backup some people are just meant to play backup, running back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hopefully Tony Pollard isn't one of those. Um, but some people are just meant to play backup.
2: Yeah. Yeah, man. There's just not. It's just weird, dude. It's weird. Like, I'm so happy. I... They didn't bet on the Chargers in the beginning of the year. Um, Where's the game going to be, uh, Chargers-Vikings? In Minnesota. I'm taking the Vikings. The Vikings are currently, it's a pick 'em. Yeah. It's a pick which I think is appropriate. Yeah. Because also, like, Minnesota has one of the better home field advantages.
3: It's going to be a pick with with uh, 50 and a half. It's going to be a super high over under. The over under is
2: 54. Wow. See, yeah. yeah I Fireworks. Knew it. Yep. Uh, the Bengals. We'll wrap up with the Bengals. Uh, breaking news as we're on there. Oh. Joe Zach Burrows. Taylor huh? says. It's hard to say whether or not Joe Burrow is going to be ready to play next Monday night versus the Rams due to this aggravated calf injury. Right now, the Bengals game is off the board on wager attack. Wow. That usually happens whenever there's yeah. uncertainty with the quarterback because yep. they got to,
1: you know, Re-adjust. figure out yeah, who's going to be the up.
2: algorithm and see what the line should be. Um, I don't even know who the backup quarterback is for the Bengals. All summer, I was saying how— He's the most valuable player in the league because of the contracts for Chase and Higgins and just the the head coach and everyone else on the team. You got a rookie. I don't want to panic. I don't want to panic because they've been 0-2 before. However, their defense is not as good as what it was last year. Seems like the secondary losing those two, they lost both safeties. Jesse Bates, especially, who's down in Atlanta now, he's a guy who was a staple for them. Franchise player, franchise tagged him a couple times. And I wonder if Joe Burrow is really hurt, but the pride isn't allowing him to get arrested. Like, bro, I just signed for a quarter billion dollars. Yeah. I can't not play.
3: Fucking, he needs and to get maybe, in a, a maybe text I'm not with uh, Anthony Richardson.
2: Yeah, and maybe I'm not. healthy, but I feel like a sucker if I'm not out there with my guys. Like, what kind of a leader? And I could see that being the case where maybe if he sat the first two weeks as he was hurt, they'd probably still be 0-2. But now you played him and you're just prolonging this injury. And it sucks. I'm a little concerned. I'm not... From a 1-10, 10 10 being the Denver Broncos panic. Yeah. I'm probably at like a 4 for a Cincinnati.
3: See, for me, this is... uh... I'm at a a level eight. Wow. Okay, elaborate. For for the sole fact that when you watch this team, one of the things that I feel has boded well for them in the past couple of years when they've been on this run ever since they've had Joe Burrow is the team feels like more connected in the sense of there's a big-time play on the sideline. I would see the camaraderie. I would see Bengals players getting hyped for one another. The same thing with the defense. Like the, Whenever a defense would make a big-time play, you would see offensive players stand up, cheering on the sidelines. This is something to, that doesn't even have to do with the way they're performing on the field. It just seems like they don't want to be there. And it's weird, Nick, because going into this year, I thought this was the best quarterback-receiver combination, I would have, you know, if if it was out there, I'm sure there was a line out there, for Joe Burrow and uh, Jamar Chase to to be the best, you know, tag team duo, throw, throw for the most yards, most targets. I thought that that was going to be the staple of their offense. But it's been non-existent. And I, I if Joe Burrow's that hurt, Here's the reason why their backup quarterbacks, Jake Browning, a rookie out of Washington.
2: Let's go. I remember Jake Browning. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to get to see a lot of
3: them because yeah. I feel like Joey B might be out here for two weeks, three weeks. If they don't get a win and they go 0 and 4, they're done. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's part of me putting them at an eight is the, the questionable aspect of Joe Burrow next week. Like, that is
2: big time panic. Big-time panic. They got the Rams this week at Titans. Oh, my God. At Cardinals, home Seattle, at Niners, home Buffalo. So when
3: Joe Burrow would be getting back would be their toughest slate.
2: Yeah, I mean. It's not looking like. Home Texans, at Ravens, home Steelers, at Jaguars. It's a tough schedule, bro. End the year. They end the year. Listen to this. At Pittsburgh, at KC, home Cleveland in division. Oh, my God. I love the schedule yo, makers what? for putting guess that what? KC game. Guess lane. what? Bengals 0-2 in division. hmm That's something that I said phew. on the preview show. They've gotten really lucky with the rest of the division during this borough era. Mm -hmm. Not that Burrow isn't great. Not that the Bengals haven't been a really good team. You don't make the Super Bowl. You don't make the conference championship game if you're not a really good team. However, they had a lot of injury luck go their way. They had a lot of quarterback stability that other teams had issues with. Who was quarterbacking for the Ravens when Lamar was out? Who was quarterbacking for Pittsburgh after Big Ben and like the tail end of Big Ben? Who's quarterbacking in Cleveland? They were the only team that had a guy week in, week out. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Regression to the mean with the injuries. The quarterback situations. There was a lot of things that were in favor for the Bengals the last couple of years where now you're seeing it. Bro, every team in the division is kind of happy with their quarterback. Even though Pittsburgh, prior to this Monday Night Football game, they still like Kenny Pickett. This is their guy moving forward. Just wanted to bring that up from the, the preseason no, that's a, it's, it's, preview show.
3: I'm so glad you highlighted it because it is accurate. It is accurate. And if you don't look at it from that perspective, you know, you'll never get the true understanding of, uh, you know, how is it luck, you know? Is it that the Bengals are just that lucky? The Cowboys certainly are that lucky. Yeah. Some teams are just lucky.
2: Let's wrap the show with uh, Monday Winners. want to mention what Monday Winners is. For those of you watching for the first time, a couple of people were asking in the comments, what exactly is Monday Winner? Last year, Kenny and I, when we started doing the show, we started picking Sunday games on Monday before because you get the most authentic line. It's the line that first gets debuted to the public to go and bet on before anyone has kind of swung any money or any tickets or any line movements. This is what they do. So... The one that jumps out to me immediately Monday winner. Go ahead. There's two of them. One I am 100% betting.
3: I <sighs> am I'm, I'm, I'm looking through I'm looking through right now.
2: Let's see if you can guess it. Um is uh Bills one of them?
3: Bills over the Commanders? Bills over the Commanders is one of them. Minus six and a half. That
2: looks juicy. I feel like you got to bet that now. Because that's going to go up. I think that could go up to eight. Mm. I think you bet that now. If you're watching this, you bet that now. I'm going to go ahead and bet that now on Wager Attack as we're doing this show. That's one of them that jumps out. And then the other one, bro, that jumps out to me.
3: Uh, Monday Night Game? Yeah. It's going to be the
2: Bucks. Well, it's plus five and a half. That's another one that I well, think you kind of, you prefer
3: Yeah. You like taking home, uh, home dogs. You said uh, when they're getting a touchdown, I mean, five and a half gets you pretty close. Yeah. But uh, that's a good spot. It's a
2: good spot. Damn, I was able to pick both. Nick, does he look like a positive EV, bro? Let's go, baby. That's some positive, positive EV. fucking EV right there. Positive EV. I love it. I love it, man. So, um, yeah, we're, we're going to go ahead and lock those two in right now as we're on the website. Wager Attack use the promo code VM to get a match deposit bonus and a rollover bonus. A lot of cool shit over there at Wager Attack, the official betting sponsor of Veterans Minimum throughout the football season. That's code VM. George, this was yes, fun, man.
3: It was. I w- I was hyped for this one cuz week 1 it kind of felt like I was watching week 19 of the NFL from last year. This was an electric weekend lots of overtime games. And it's always fun to chat it up with you, bro. Like I, I look forward to my Monday afternoon chilling with Nick. I always feel like I'm going back to New York. Just hearing your voice like sends me back to when I went to New York in the spring and I just heard all that de- the New Yorkers talk. You know what I'm saying?
2: It's that New York shit, bro. Yeah. The best. Where can people find you on social media? You can media? find
3: me at Mr. George Carmona, uh, on all social media platforms, as well as Gridiron Junkies, which is the football podcast in which I host. And on Wednesdays, I come out with an episode called Wager Wars where me and the other dude, Robert Babiak, that you've had on the show before, we go head-to-head with our best picks. This past week, I went two and one. Two and one. But the two picks that I had were both uh, underdogs. I liked the, the the Ravens this past week, um, and I liked the Buccaneers with an inflated line. That was, that was my second pick. So stay tuned for Wednesday when that show comes out uh, on Gridiron Junkie. Subscribe. Thank you, Nick.
2: Of course, of course. If you're watching this on YouTube, youtubecom slash minimum please go and leave a comment, leave a like, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Shout out to all of you that are watching this right now. Shout out to everyone that tuned in. Again, the shows are going to be going live on YouTube, and it'll be coming out a couple hours later on the audio feed. If you're listening to this now all things veterans minimum are at veterans minimum and as far as i go it's at nick day 10 on all social media outlets and we'll be back later this week with another episode man, i'm a gold Peace.
0: medalist bronze like your medalist oh, man. so many deer in headlights but it's bad time hit a supper bell main course beat a venison Zab. most dangerous game Either kill or be-